they sat me down, the lady touches my forehead and she says, oh, dear child, God really loves you. You are supposed to be dead right now. And I'm like, excuse me? You were supposed to faint a block away in the middle of the street and you were supposed to be ran over and over and over and over and over and over and over. From the dawn of the spoken word, storytelling has been the backbone of human culture, warning of looming dangers and evoking our most personal fears. What you're about to hear are the real-life experiences of everyday people, brave enough to share their terrifying tales. Tales where the horror hits close to home. I'm your host, Danny. Welcome to the Hometown Horrors Podcast. Listen, if you dare. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hometown Horrors Podcast, where the audio quality gets slightly better each episode. Tonight, we are joined by an old friend of mine, as they all are at this point, Miss Francis. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You doing all right? I'm doing just fine. So I hear you have some supernatural experiences in your life. I don't know if I should call it sadly or happily, but yes, a lot of weird things do happen to me. <laughs> Let's get into that. I can't all wait to hear right. that. And this happened in Honduras, Central America. Okay. We all know that over there, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. There's a lot of history that we don't know about. You know, it's a lot of entities, energy. And it was this one day I was visiting family members on summertime. And I remember that time when I was 15, I started noticing number patterns and noticing energies. And when I turned exactly 15, that's where everything was just more. So that time I moved back to Honduras. I was previously living in California and I decided to visit a family member. My aunt, my precious aunt, who believes that I'm the one who looks exactly like her. And she's so proud to have me because I look exactly <laughs> like my father. And that's her <laughs> she, favorite You got brother. the good genes from them. I got the, definitely the good genes. <laughs> and her house, it was more like a duplex. Both daughters live in one side A and the other one in a B. And then, of course, she lived in an upstairs apartment. I was staying over and a couple of cousins came over. And I had to move to the other side of the houses. Now, on the other side, one of her daughters, the eldest one, I never got along with her. Her energy was just so negative that I automatically saw her sensed her and it was just this anger towards her all the time. So I had to stay there and it was just something about that house. I couldn't breathe properly. I couldn't see things properly. It was just so creepy how the whole ambiance felt. Like it was soaked in something. Yes, there was like something negative going on there. So we go in. And they tell me you're going to sleep in this room. The room was kind of dark. It just had, a, you know, like a bed there. No, no natural light sources, no, no natural window. Light, no, nothing. It Whoa. was just all dark. So it was time to go to bed and close the door. The lights were off. And then I was not even dozing to sleep. And I stared at the door and I saw this man. He was all in black with like a tweed coat and then he was wearing a black hat. But I can only see a grim. I cannot see eyes. I cannot see anything. It was just a grim on his face. I'm there, stuck, staring at him, not being able to move, not being able to do anything. And I yell. He disappears. My cousin comes. And then I'm like, I, can't, I cannot stay here. I don't want to be here. I, I just couldn't be there. 
So I start crying and then they had to send me to the other house, which was my other aunt's house. They asked me what happened. I explained to them, but it didn't seem like it was weird to them. Like it felt like, like they knew something like that like, would happen to you. Yes. Those things were probably normal for them, but I couldn't get that face, that person out of me until today. It's been what, 17 years and I can still remember that. How long do you think you were laying there when it was staring at you? I think it was a good solid 20 minutes. Oh my God. It felt so long. Like an eternity. It felt very, very long. But the creepy part is not that. The creepy part was the next day when I was in the kitchen with my aunt, the one that I get along with. And we were having a conversation about X and Y. I don't remember exactly what the conversation was. All of a sudden, she looks at the staircase that goes to my aunt's apartment. And then she looks back at me. And then she's like, whatever you saw last night is going to go talk to your aunt. Like she watched it go up the stairs? She did. Oh, my God. She did. So she was like, so so what do we do? She's like, no, nothing. Sit tightly. Just relax. About an hour goes by. My aunt calls us to go upstairs. And when we go upstairs, she had scratches on her arms. Like something went down. And then she easily tells me, sweetheart, don't worry. Whatever that was following you will no longer follow you anymore. That entity has been following you since you lived in California. The creepy part about this is that when I moved to California, when I was 10 years old, I always felt that there was something in that house that unsettled me. Like, But I didn't believe it. I didn't want to, you know, sense it, feel it. But I was always kind of depressed there. So maybe it was a negative energy, but I didn't see anything. Like I can probably see something like, from my side eyes, but I couldn't physically see anything. But it was always creepy. You can hear noises and stuff, but it was a man, right? It, it was a man. And after that, I stopped seeing the man forever. I stopped having night terrors. I stopped having sleep paralysis. All of it stopped. So did you ever watch that show Haunting on Hill House on I, Netflix? Uh-uh, I haven't. There's a um, ghost in that show, very much like you described. Mm-hmm. Tall, skinny man, black hat, black coat, and... He floats. He's like a foot off the ground and he just comes towards you. That's how it was. <laughs> it's just really creepy. <laughs> That's how it was. But yeah, um, it's, it's like a, I think in that show, it's like a representation of death. It's very, very disturbing. And I, I kind of want you to watch the show now just to see I, like, is that kind of what you're seeing? I will definitely watch that show because honestly, Danny, death has followed me a lot, but it never happens. Like there's something always protecting me, I would say. I used to um, travel back and forth between California and Honduras, right? Yeah. So I was visiting my mother and it was my check-in in the airport. And before that, I remember my flight had to be canceled. So we had to reschedule another day, right? Fast forward a little bit. When I get to the plane, the guy who attended me in the front desk, he found me. He told me to go to the front desk again, rips my ticket, and he gives me a brand new ticket. So he bumps me to first class, right? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to first class for the first time here. So I was like, yes, I was comfortable. I had a nice flight, whatever, so on and so forth. When I get to Honduras, there was an accident which a plane landed. And the people in the first cabinets in the front, there was the ones who had the most damages to their bodies. I was supposed to be in that plane. Were there a lot of deaths? Maybe Or was it just a lot of injuries? But it was a lot more of injuries. But I was supposed to be there. Remembering that brings me back when I was younger, where there was a bullet that was supposed to be mine. I was supposed to be in a car accident. I was supposed to die in my C-section when my daughter was born because, yeah, my heart was supposed to stop. I mean, it was been creepy stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, it sounds like you might be marked, but also protected. Yes. 
And I wonder if that's something to do with your family. It sounds like your was it your aunt, the aunt you liked? She so, like opened a can of whoop ass on that weird so, specter. Allegedly, and I'm going to say allegedly because I do not like to ask these questions. Allegedly, we come from a line of clairvoyance and creepy things and, you know, those type of energies. It's known in your family. It's known in my family. And allegedly, from the day I was born, um, I was going to be able to sense things because I was born a certain way, allegedly, because I was that's born. What they told you. That's what they told me, because the way my hands were born, they were close, like like a knuckle very yeah. close. I was <laughs> ready born to like fight that. from yes. the moment you so, were born to the world. Allegedly, she says that that's a mark in our family, that all the females in my family have some sort of magical, clairvoyant, creepy thing going on. I didn't believe it until all this stuff has been happening. Like, for instance, I know when death is coming by because I start seeing a sequence of numbers, but I don't know who I had. I don't know how to read that yet. Are you um, able to share the sequence? So when Oof. I start seeing the number 13, and 13 is my lucky number. Just over and over again. Over and over again. When I look at the clock, when I look at, at, at license plates, when I look at anything that has a number, and I start seeing 13, 14, 13, 14. Oh, so there's a progression. Something's going to so happen. So I'm like, oh, no. So I start feeling like, oh, my God. I know how to predict pregnancies. For instance, I know when a family member is about to get pregnant, I'm like, you're about to get pregnant. Dude. Is there like a glow or a change in their aura no, or vibe? I dream of them. You dream of them. Not of the person itself. I dream that I'm pregnant and then I birth a child, look at the child, look at the features of the child. And I'm like, oh, that's that person in my family. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty weird, huh? <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> yes. I also can sense energies. I can feel positive and negative energies. I absorb energies. I've known that people gravitate towards me and they share with me their secrets without me asking them. They gravitate towards me. They want to be with me and I absorb their negative energy. And then after being with me, they have a good day. But then I get stuck with that bad energy and sometimes I don't know how to release it. I kind of know that about you just from hearing you talk about people you've known throughout your life. And it seems like people also kind of come back to you at a certain point they because do. they accrue more negative energy. They do. That's why I, I cannot be where there's a lot of people. I get dizzy. I, I feel like I want to puke and throw up. Overstimulated. Where areas where, like, for example, the mall or areas where there's too much people, I cannot be there. Ironically I, enough, you work in retail. Yes. <laughs> there's always an influx of people. <laughs> yes. I kind of have learned how to block it. It's more like a mental thing that I try not to absorb it. But then I have the evil eyes that has helped me so much not to absorb that energy. Because I deal with so many type of different customers that they bring either positive or negative energy, but they always open up to me very easily. So I end up finding out their entire life story. <laughs> Within minutes of meeting me. Within minutes of meeting me. Yes. Anything and everything. Well, you do have like a very conversational personality. Like, I think every time we've had a conversation, we almost always wait for the other one before we start talking. <laughs> yes, absolutely right. Oh, that shit's rare, dog. Let me tell you. <laughs> Did your aunt ever share with you what it was that happened? Or do you think it was just like she closed off like whatever it was? I remember her telling me, Danny, but I think that I chose to erase that from my memories because I, I, I don't know. Maybe that was part of it, too. That's interesting because it's like if she closed some kind of door for you just so you would stop being pestered. And would you say that you don't have as much as a sense in that area anymore? Like, are you just generally less I mean, perceptive in that way? 
I can still read energies, but I no longer have the night terrors. I no longer have the sleep paralysis. It's been years since the last time I had that. Which is great. Let's be real. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have other sleep paralysis dreams with other kinds of entities? Like, were there any reoccurring? When I was a child, every time I used to wake up and I couldn't speak, I just felt something was looking at me and I just couldn't get out of it in minutes and feel like hours. And, and I can hear my heart pounding and about to explode. And it's just. But there was, was no like distinct personalities in that area. Yeah. No, only yeah. that one time with the weird looking guy with the weird grip. <laughs> Sleep paralysis is so interesting because scientifically they describe it as a misfire in the brain. Mm. You you know how you can like generally sense the presence of a person? Yes. Like if you close your eyes and someone comes into the room, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there's a person there. You feel that. The brain is doing that while you sleep as well. Mm-hmm. So they think that's what sleep paralysis is. It's a misfire in the brain where it thinks there's a person there when in reality, mm-hmm. maybe not, but maybe so. Yes. And it's funny because I've asked a lot of people about the sleep paralysis thing. And usually the people who have it are tormented or they either have depression or something really bad happening to their... They're grappling with something internally. Yeah. So like a person who had a very normal childhood typically doesn't have stuff like this. Maybe it's the mind manifesting internal trauma in spectacular and weird ways. Or uh, in episode three, Gunnar described it as like, it's almost like you have a wound in your soul and something's coming for it. Something's trying to attack it. It's blood in the water for the metaphorical shark of whatever spiritual entity may be trying to attack you. I mean, it would make sense because if your soul is a hole and you have a wound, you have an opening. If there's an opening, there's a chance of you being haunted or... or And it just goes back to the, the two schools of thought of like, either it's something supernatural or it's something scientific. Either way, you almost treat it the same way. You just heal that trauma and there's nothing to prey on anymore. I think you just answered my biggest enigma of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would that be? I remember telling you that my third eye has been kind of closed off ever since I went through depression. And that was like four years ago? I was a little bit more. I was like around 26 years old. So... How old are we? <laughs> we're, no, I'm joking. Yeah. We're not going to discuss that because, yeah, we're a little bit too old. But um, I was blaming the pills that they were prescribing Antidepressants. me. But if you're saying what you're saying, that means that it's me healing. It's the healing part, the closing the wound part that changes everything. Do as I say, not as I do. Are we that generation? Or are we doing and working on ourselves just as much as we work on the technology that we crave? Artificial intelligence and the concerns, I would say, were pretty valid. But the interesting thing about that is, is it valid because... That's how we see ourselves. Are we are we looking at them, but then really seeing us? Well, in, in what way do you mean? Because the pills, like, it messes up a lot of things in your brain. Yeah, it, it releases excess of chemicals you're not naturally producing at the time. Yes. So when you get off those pills, you're not firing in the same way. That's why if you miss a day of like your Lexapro, you'll be 20 times more depressed than you were just off the jump. And I mean, 
people go through hard times, but I feel like things that artificially make you happy are best used sparingly. Think of it as like a a cast. You're not going to wear a cast for the rest of your life. You're going to have to use that armor leg again. So get through your period, have a couple months on it, get Mm -hmm. into a better place mentally, and then wean yourself off. Or you're going to be much worse off down the line when that metaphorical limb atrophies. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) This is the most scientific explanation I've ever put into an episode. (laughs) Usually I'm like, it was a ghost. (laughs) I mean, I think they feed off of your of your trauma. If these things do exist, they're outside of our understanding. They are. They they don't, you know, they don't need to eat McDonald's. They feed on feelings, emotions, vibes. They feed off your energy, I, I believe. And they're just, you know, they're without age. They're without, you know, human constrictions. Mm -hmm. They don't get tired. They don't. That's why they pester people the way they do. And I talked with you briefly about that story earlier. You said that there are other occurrences of people seeing a figure like that. Yes. I I don't know them, but we all know TikTok, right? I mean, there's a (laughs) bunch of stories going out there. And honestly, I thought that I was the only one who saw the man with the, you know, with the black jacket and the black hat. But then for some reason, one of my For You pages one day, it was all about the man in the black hat. And I'm like, what? I mean, this happens to other people. I mean, this really exists. Yeah. That's creepy. And that is the creepiest part of it is that it's a known phenomenon. Yes. That it was For most never... of your life, it was just happening to you. Yes. And, and then... it was never spoken of. And now that, you know, the internet is making everyone, you know, come together is like, really? This Which is makes going me on? wonder, like, the man you described is almost exactly like in Haunting Pill House. Oof, I, I wonder if it's that. something like a... Werewolves, vampires, there are myths that describe them in almost every culture. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's one of those things, if it's a myth that's so widespread at this point that you can't detangle it from, is it something that's always been there or is it just something modern? Or maybe it's a glitch in the Matrix. You never know. You never know. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Jalo and good pudding to you, my friends. Over here at the HHP, we're big fans of healthy living and self-improvement, which is why I've challenged myself to a sober 2023. Now, before I'm booed off of my own segment, just know this wasn't court-ordered or part of some relationship-ending ultimatum. If you must know, I simply feel the weight of my age a little more, even during a light indulgence in the spirits nowadays. So I want to give my body a little break. But thankfully, CBD is still on the menu, baby. For those of you on the straight and narrow, CBD is the less rowdy younger sibling of THC, the very popular active ingredient in marijuana. And while the Hometown Horrors podcast certainly doesn't endorse drug use of any kind, CBD has proven to have a number of beneficial calming effects for the body and mind without the psychoactive and legally dubious effects of THC. See what I did there? It's legal, safe, and not addictive like nicotine. And where do I go for my CBD needs? Right down the road to Franny's Pharmacy. Bear in mind, Franny's Pharmacy has no relation to my friend Franny of the same name who happens to be featured on this podcast. But sometimes life is just full of fun little coincidences. Franny sells a wealth of CBD-infused items from teas, seltzers, bath bombs, chocolates, gummies, and various forms of the plant itself from joints to tinctures. Mind you again, this is not an illegal substance. But I would still not blow the smoke of a CBD joint in the face of a cop on the courthouse steps, or they may ask you to share. Now, Franny's Pharmacy has the down-to-earth wholesomeness of a white woman's Instagram. Not in real life, but in that Bo Burnham song. And the metaphorical warmth of the red carpet, without all the paint. 
Seriously, all those cameras going off heat things up like the sun. You want to know why celebrity makeup is military grade? That is why. So it doesn't melt off of their faces. But going back to the, <laughs> the pharmacy of the hour, the last time I stopped in Franny's was to grab some nice little seltzers for a friend's party. And I happened to stumble across them on the day that they were trying out their new mocktails, which are CBD-infused drinks mimicking actual alcoholic cocktails. I'll be honest, folks, I wish I could tell you more about them. But the version sangria that I was handed was so delicious, I had trouble keeping my soul tethered to my mortal being. One more, one last time. I can't stress this enough. I am not an employee of Franny's Pharmacy. I am just a random guy who went in there and had an enchanting experience with some CBD-laced honey mustard and some big, big chicken strips. It is more important for me to be funny than informative. So in the event that some of the information I've quoted you here is incorrect, I know the perfect place for you to learn everything you ever want to know about CBD. Franny's Pharmacy. They're waiting on you. Speaking of Franny's waiting on us, let's get back to the episode. All right, let's go back when I was back in college. I was maybe around 19 or 20 years old. And this is Honduras or California? It was definitely Honduras again. Everything <laughs> happens in Honduras. I remember it was a World Cup that my country actually was going to go to the World Cup after, I don't know, a million years. So everyone's just losing their soup every day. They're yes. just, we're doing it. Yes. And I remember that weekend I was supposed to go back to my grandmother's house and I stayed because I got sick to my stomach. So that weekend I can hear the goals and I can hear everyone cheering from my room and I couldn't get out of the bed. I wasn't puking. It was nothing else. It was just, I was sick. And I remember that I had this urge to go buy a Powerade because I knew with the electrolytes, I was going to feel a little bit better. Moving, maybe, yeah. Yeah. That time I didn't have a car and I had to walk literally two blocks away from the apartment. And I was walking and walking and walking. And I remember the one little market close to the house, it was closed, right? I had to go to the one further out, which was two blocks away. And I get there and I faint. In the street. In, in the street, right outside the store? I fainted outside in the street. When I gain conscience again, Danny, I have a group of women surrounding me, giving me milk and sugar. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So they start praying and, and then I faint again inside their house. So they were having this, this group meeting and it was a religious thing, right? I regained conscience the second time and then they sat me down. The lady touches my forehead and she says, oh, dear child, God really loves you. And I'm like, excuse me? She's like, you are supposed to be dead right now. And I'm like, excuse me? And then she's like, you were supposed to faint a block away in the middle of the street and you were supposed to be ran over. Yo. So... I have this weird, weird, weird feeling from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And I remember at the time is when I started noticing the number 13. Like I was noticing the repetition, but I couldn't understand it. And then I just, to the lady, I spit out 13, the number 13. I, the only thing I can see is number 13. They look at each other. They look at me and they're like, 13th is related to death. But then they tell me that it's also rebirth. And I'm like, okay, I don't get it now. So what's going on here? This is going to be a creepy theory. What if... When you start seeing the number 13, it's supposed to be a moment where you pass, but someone else goes instead of you. Someone else is chosen over you because you need to be here for whatever reason. But why? I don't know. That's too You'll creepy. have to take it up with the big man upstairs, I guess. When I see him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was all that 13 business? Is there any specialization with 14? 
I know it's seven times two. Seven is supposedly a very meaningful number. So the number 14 on the second story. But 13 is also my aunt. You know, the creepy one that was scratched by that weird thing. 13 is also her lucky number. That's your OG right there. That's (laughs) Listen, I don't even know. I just don't. I like to ask questions because I get spooked out. I was around, and everything has happened when I was in my early 20s. That's creepy. When I was around 22, I would say 21 or 22, I can't quite remember. A couple days before my father dies, I start seeing the number 13. But at that time, I couldn't understand why I was seeing the number 13. I just thought, lucky number. Yay, something good's going to happen. A boost, yeah. <laughs> yes. And... February 13 comes, and that's the day I last speak to my father. Um, We had a conversation. I don't even know what we spoke about because my mind erased that. It blocked it from me. That I, 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 Actually, I just found out that we had a conversation. I cried this past year when my mom told me, and it's been, what, about 12 to 13 years? 13 years. Yeah. Oh, God. Interesting. All right. Creepy. So I start seeing that number. February 13 comes. February 14 comes. Valentine's Day. And I remember I was in my grandmother's house and I started cleaning. I was cleaning and I was listening to the radio. I was having fun. You know, I was happy. I was in a good mood. I was extremely happy that day. And then I feel this energy just overcomes me. And I listen to the radio and it says there has been a plane accident. I'm like, oh, wow, poor family. And when they did the first report of that accident, it said it was an American Airlines plane. I'm like, wow, it must have been a very big Airbus. But when they put the music back on, I do my thing. I start finishing cleaning the, the radio again, you know, the, the reporting, the news. And it's like American something Airlines. So I'm like, it's a different airline. That It was a national airline that we were using. And then I was like, wait a second. That's my, my father's. He, he works at that airline. They said that it was coming from this city to another city. And I'm like, wait a second. He was supposed to come from that city to the other city. So out of nowhere, I scream, I yell, I start crying. And my grandmother comes and she's like, what's wrong? My father is dead. What? How do you know? And I'm like, I just know my father is dead. So I go to the room, I grab my phone and I start calling my father many, many, many times. And it was just going you know, to voicemail. That's when I knew. So I call my mom and I'm like, mom, my dad is dead. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because she even talked to him the night before and they were having, you know, a really cool conversation. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's in the news. It's all over the news. Let me call you back. Like about 15 to 20 minutes pass by. She calls me back. There's this dead silence. Yes, your father died. So after that, I was just in autopilot mode. I there's things I don't remember. There's things that I I can just I just can't. But I do remember 14 people died on February 14th. Wow. So when I start noticing the number sequence 1314, I know it's death. When I start seeing 13, I I just know that maybe things are just you know something is going on. And then now I notice angel numbers. <laughs> 11 11 12 12 i mean uh two, Thanks, two, 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 three, 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 three. so it's just weird yeah yeah i was looking at the clock like uh-uh. i was like 303 oh no <laughs> and now if i wake up in the middle of the night guess at what time i wake up three o'clock yes the witching hour uh it's like a contagion yeah you think something weird's gonna happen it does yeah so 
As someone who, like, I, I went to school for writing, I try to turn everything into narrative because that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the thing is that you're supposed to do or you're supposed to be party to. I always found If God's just like, nope, not the day. But it was supposed to be, nope, nope, it's not happening today. So I've done a little bit of digging, and the closest that I've found is my soul is, how do I put this? It's a um, healing soul. I heal. That's why people gravitate towards me, and whoever comes close to me after being with me, they feel better. I don't, but they do. (laughs) That's the closest that I've, I just, there's so many questions I have, and I don't know who to ask to get my answers. Yeah, and I think that's really something you can only define for yourself over time. Yeah. And I've asked my I've asked myself so many why why am I still here? What is my job in this earth? What it, what is it? What's my plan? And I just don't have a clear path. But none of us do, mm, you know. Yeah. Uh, just be good to people, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Keep on trucking. Want to know something creepy? Of course. <laughs> There was this guy back home in Honduras. I remember he did something wrong. Scuffed your sketches. It was no, no, no. It was just something bad. I think he wanted to kill my mom, or he wanted to do something. Wanted to, or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He threatened to to kill my mother. And I remember I wished with every fiber of my soul that he died. Guess what happened a couple weeks later? Explosive diarrhea. He died. Someone killed him. Oh my god! And I had nothing to do with it. That we can prove. I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) And two times after that, I remember wishing bad to people and bad things happened to them. Three deaths? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so be good for goodness sake. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I try to keep it as positive as possible. If there's a feeling of me that I want to say out loud, I wish this happens to this person, I automatically block it because I just don't know. I know my daughter is born with uh, with something. I just don't know what. Yeah, I was going to ask that too. Has, has your daughter inherited an ability? I think so. I think she can sense energies and I think she can see things. And I'm a, I have like two stories to tell you. First story is when I was pregnant with her, there was this negative energy surrounding my pregnancy. Something just did not want my daughter to be born. This is very sad for me to say this out loud. I was almost about to have a miscarriage. During my entire pregnancy, I was always falling down. Like I would lose sensation in my legs and fall down, but the baby was still okay. She was in emergency C-section. If I wasn't in the doctor's office, specifically that day, my baby was supposed to die that day. During the C-section, my baby was supposed to die there. I was supposed to die there. Because you... There was, was a complication. There was being, a complication. Yeah. There was some bleeding going on. You know, they were cauterizing that as much. And I remember that when she was born, she didn't cry. And I was asking why she not cried. And I remember hearing my, my heartbeat in the machine next to you going really, really, really fast. And then it stops. And then I'm like, am I dead? They're like, no, 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 no. Just take it easy. Calm down. Everything is okay. Everything is okay. And I start hearing my, you know, my heartbeat. I'm like, whoa. Guess at what time my daughter was born? 11, 11. 5.13 p.m. Yeah. I still haven't figured out what that means. And she was supposed to be born on your birthday, actually. August 18th. August 18th. Very interesting. Yes. And she was uh, taken out of me as an emergency on July 28th. But I mean, happy, healthy from then on. A very, uh, no. <laughs> no? 
Because when she reached one years old, she had ate rat poison. Oh, poor baby. Yes. It's just so many things. So many things. Oh, those kids, they get into everything. They do. I still haven't pinpointed what her abilities are, but I know Has she ever spoken about them? No. So it's just, you notice little things about her. Yes, I do. Because I can kind of relate when she, when I was growing up and I can kind of relate, kind of, you know, sense it. And I know for sure she can sense energies. I know that part. But a little bit more after that, I just, I, I don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a question. Yeah. Um, there's some folklore that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Like uh, snowy places, yetis, you know, you'd have like the chupacabra in South America. Yeah, yeah. What is some Honduran folklore? La Llorona. I think also Mexico has that one. And Honduras La Llorona is this lady with long hair that she lost her kids and she's always crying next to a river. And she what wants to take children too? No. Or is it's just she's It's more with men. Is it like a punishment for men? Or? Th- yeah, it's more like that. But not towards children. Was it maybe a man that took her children or killed her or I don't know that. Oh, I remember the story. <laughs> there we go. Jolt it. <laughs> my grandmother's for my mother's size house. That thing is haunted. H-A-U-N-T. I'm talking about E-D. you can see, you can feel my cousins. My cousins used to see a child there. And it used to be the child that my aunt, they died in her belly. Okay, that, okay, child, <laughs> yeah, that child used to come you know, out a lot and talk to them because my cousins were the only ones who visited his tomb. <laughs> Tienes aritos. <laughs> All right, so um, when I used to visit my grandmother when I was in college, I remember that um, I was always alone in the house. And there was this always this negative energy in that house. You can always feel like someone is watching you. And in my grandmother's room, it's even worse. Um, there are sayings, allegedly, that my grandmother's husband does brujería, that he does that kind of things, right? I think he reaches out to like the brujos, the witches, to do things for him. Like to make okay. his business successful or or to make people, you know. Ask for favor, punish yes, people. kind of like that. So I was staying in her room one time and I remember I noticed this creepy animal crawling on the wall. And I was like, that's interesting. So I go to sleep. I wake up and I remember I turn off the TV, right? I wake up. I look at the bathroom. I feel like there's something there. So I'm like, okay, something knocks on the window. And I'm like, there's nothing there. Why did the TV come on at three in the morning? Like someone turned on the TV and the control was right next to me. And I was like, oh, crap. And then it's coming. And then it turns off again. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And it turns on again. I'm like, okay, that's enough. I understand. Okay, I'm leaving. Whoever is in here doesn't want me here. So I just moved to a different room. That's what I did. Got on him. Yes. Not even going to deal with it. Not at all. Was there anything crazy on the TV? Was it static? Was it a show? Don't remember. Yeah, just I don't remember. <laughs> nope, out the whole situation. I'm sorry, I was too creeped out. I just, oof, I just left there. Dipset on the double. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. And you're gonna start noticing the number thirteen. I bet you. I hope not, because <laughs> I don't know what that means for me. I do start seeing the angel numbers in a lot now, and I'll start seeing uh, like on license plates, you'll have like one five and then six six. I'm like, oh, that that wants to be an angel number. <laughs> yeah, that one and that five together. Um, now that I think about it and, um, do you know what day I started working at my current job? No. December 13th. 1213. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Yeah, I don't even know. I wonder what that has to do with it. I have no idea. 
<laughs> you start being able to interpret this better, you might have some real power on your hands. Listen, but I, I just don't think they want me to. Yeah. It's, it's a soft magic system. You kind of don't know exactly how it works. You don't. And then no matter where you ask, people are different. They, there are different witches out there. There are different things out there. And it's just no. It's all subjective. Yeah. I I have vivid dreams as well. I actually dream with my father a lot. And we have interesting conversations. And then every time I ask him, why did you die? He looks at me with a sad look and he's like you're not supposed to ask me you know that and then i wake up the relationship with my father danny and i'm going back to the story because i'm just remembering a couple other creepy things that have happened it was shaky because i didn't grow up with him but i know that he loved me a lot yeah and i remember one of my aunts telling me that he said that out of all of his children i was the only one with a pure heart throwing that shade after he died one week after he died i was alone in the bedroom my grandmother's creepy house by the way and his favorite song was this song by frank sinatra it was, i can't remember the song's name my way maybe my way oh how did i know yes that was his favorite song and when i was thinking about him in that moment and i was just crying and i was just heartbroken why in the world did that song start playing on my phone? Synchronicity. And it was just the part that it said, and I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit. You shouldn't be sad because I had a good life. I did it my way. After that, I felt a little bit of comfort. Nobody dies well most of the time. They leave behind family. They leave behind friends. Yeah. But a good life is a good life. Yes. And, and he had a good Sometimes it ends. Yeah. He, he partied. He did some dirty things. He, he had a good life. <laughs> And another thing relating my father, I remember I had a dream about him and I remember he picked me up from my mother's city and we were driving on this green Jeep and he used to have a green Jeep. It was a Grand Cherokee, you know, beat up old, but it was this newer version and we were driving in a certain area. And I remember listening to the radio. There was this song. I cannot remember the song right now, but it was this song, you know, it was in English. And then I remember he held my hand and he looked at me and that was it. And I wake up from the dream. Fast forward a couple months later, I was still, you know, in college. I had to go back to the city. When I was crossing that exact point, they start playing that song on the radio. And when my daughter was born, um, she was about six months old. And it was February 14th. We were getting ready because we used to have a restaurant back home. We were getting ready to have a very busy day because over there, February 14th, it's, you know, it's like a big holiday back home. I was getting ready and when my father died, Daniel, he he just bought a perfume that I told him I really hated it and I didn't want the smell because it was So he loved it, right? He loved it, but I hated it. <laughs> and when he died, he used to wear the cloth, the gentleman's fold. Oh, with, like a pocket square? Like or a yeah, handkerchief? Like a handkerchief kind of thing. So when he died, my stepmother gave me one of those because he always kept two. And the smell of that, it was the mix of his perfume and the engine oil. So that handkerchief, I folded it up. I put it inside a Ziploc and I just sticked it in the Bible on Psalm 13 because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it there. But on that February 14th, I was getting ready to go to work. My mom was well and my daughter was talking to something. Like she was like babbling and looking at something like from the crib. And I'm like... That's weird. But I kept on, you know, doing my business. And then I grab her to change her. And guess what she smelled like? 
my father's perfume. Yeah. So I lose my shit. I start crying. And then I mom and I scream at her. She comes and I'm like, smell the baby. What's wrong? Just smell the baby. She smells it. She looks at me and she's like, your father. When my kid was less than six months, every time she heard a plane, she would just like stop doing whatever she was doing and just listen to it. Because I keep my father's portrait, like a picture of him. Every time she would just stare at it, talk to it. As if maybe he had talked to her before. Yes. And I don't know that we stated it earlier, but your father was a pilot, right? He was a pilot, yes. And my father, an airline mechanic. <laughs> Look at that. What's going on there? I guess we just gravitate towards people that have similarities with you. I was listening to Olivia's podcast and she mentioned something about the energy in your room. Meaning the one I had in Manassas. Yes. Yeah. That one time that I visited you there, there was a very weird energy. And I remember you, your whole self was unhappy and we're not sleeping right. And it was just this weird energy. Just that room, though. Thinking back on my time living there, roughly two years, I had a lot of like personal freedom and autonomy. That was the first time I'd ever been out from home. So I was free to decide whatever I wanted to do. It was weird to me that I wasn't able to do something like this because I've always wanted and felt the need to have a creative project off the ground. And I tried to do some things like I went out and drew people. I did the caricatures, but I wanted to have a creative profession. But there and was it was weird to me you. that I never did that. Yeah, there was something blocking you. Like, I remember we had this conversation before where you wanted to do something creative and you tried to start doing it, but you just couldn't finish it off what you were doing. And there were other things in my life at the time that might have gotten in the way. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on my show. No problem. After I mean, how long? <laughs> I've been pestering you to come on it since the beginning. but And it's funny because I, I, I do want to be part of it and I love being part of it. You're a busy person, dog. you busy. Retail is a bitch, okay? At least I wasn't episode 13. True. That would have been creepy. <laughs> yes. Um, let me share with you something. Just remember, sorry. A lot of people say that when they send spirits... They feel cold. Never happened to me. When a spirit is near me, I start burning up. You know, I have no idea how to interpret that. I wanted to make a joke like, well, maybe that's because you were born close to the equator. Is Honduras even close to the no, equator? No, it's not. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> we're just going to uh, blame the American uh, education system. You I was concerned with other things as a youth. I'm pretty sure you were. <laughs> I was drawing shit. I was playing video games. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast, Remy. Thank you. I hope for to do it again me. soon. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think of more stories, which you very likely will on your drive home or tomorrow, we'll set up another episode. Toodaloo, folks.
Now those were some frightfully fun stories. Howdy everybody, it's me, your host Danny, and I wanted to let you in on something special. You might have noticed that when I introduce the show, I say we are the Hometown Horrors Podcast. That's because there will always be at least three people in each episode. Me, the person who wants to hear a good story, the guest, the teller of a good story, and you, the listener, that takes that story and carries it with you out into the world. And we make up a special kind of trinity. We are the Hometown Horrors Podcast. And if you ever want to graduate from listener to guest, reach out to us via our handle on Instagram, hometown underscore whores underscore podcast. Our email is the hometown whores podcast, no spaces, at gmail.com or via text or phone call at 571-358-8880, which FYI is not my personal number, but give it a ring. I'll get back to you because if there's anything I've learned from doing the podcast is that everybody has a story and that story deserves to be heard. On your number one source for the most spine-tingling, gut-wrenching, insomnia-inducing stories around the Hometown Horrors Podcast.